Hello everyone, uh, welcome to episode 5 of WeGCast. Uh, this evening we have uh, Steve, um, I don't know if you want me to pronounce your last name, I, I can pronounce your last name, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know if you want to remain as just Steve. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with whatever. So we have, we have Steve Wilson, uh, who is our second guest, um, and today we're going to kind of question him about his life and interrogate him as to why he got into technology. Uh, Dave, do you want to add anything in? Yeah, so Steve, I uh, was having a little look on your Twitter and uh, just your just your pen tweet, uh, just to give people an idea of your self-deprecating sense of humour uh, to a degree. Uh, hi, I'm Security Nihilist. You may know me from Patch All You Want. It won't stop me. Uh, yes, I'm already inside your data centre. Your defensive posture is entirely ineffective, and the classic, it's all a waste of time and effort, and we're all going to die anyway. Um, does that sum your career and your personality up? <laughs> pretty, pretty <laughs> well, you know, it's it, it's one bit of it, I suppose. Um, yeah, I, I am, by, by my nature, and, and having worked in this business for a long time, somewhat cynical. Um, and, and realistic, I like to feel. But yeah, it it's, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole security nihilist thing came about. That that wasn't that that was something said about me um, by by Haroon at um, a keynote at Forty Four Con. Well, I mean, to be fair, it was, it was more about me and my my uh, my friend Mr K. Um, but yeah, yeah, we somewhat trolled him because he was he was very pro blue team. And I mean, he's right. You know, they have complex problems and difficult things to to solve. But that's hard work. And and you know, I am by my nature a lazy man. Um, so, so you know, and an honest one as well, though. Like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. So yeah, um, thanks very much for coming on, Steve. We've met a few times, and it's always been an absolute pleasure. You've always got a some really interesting stories that you're relaying onto myself and other people around you and hopefully we're going to get to pick your brains a little bit about that just mm. as we go through this podcast um so um yeah just i guess the best way for us to start much the same as when we were speaking to neil is just kind of dialing in how your career started uh, we'll take you through some of the jobs you've had in somewhat sequential order, if you can happen to remember them, yeah, okay. uh, and it will just generally and, get... and if you can talk about them, that's uh, the other thing. So some of them might be super secret that you can't talk about, which is fine. I mean, if you worked as a janitor for a certain organisation, that's absolutely no problem. So yeah, or or not. What was your first job, Steve? Uh, that you can tell us about? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I had a paper round when I was a kid. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, my, my security-wise. Um, so I mean, again, and again, this is going to be this is going to be very like, um, you know, very like your, your past guest. Um, you know, I, I started out playing with kids when I was a computer as, as sort of a hobby. Um, my, my dad was interested in programming stuff, and I, I just wanted to play video games. Um, and then over time, you know, that evolved into an idea that obviously you could start messing with games. You know, messing with save games files. You know, messing with running stuff to, to increase lives, all that sort of stuff. Um, that led to this interest in, in how computers worked. Um, but the security side of things. So I actually, um, in between leaving college and going to university, I, I wanted a summer job. But I, I didn't want to stack shelves or, you know, work behind a bar or any of that sort of stuff. So, so I got a job as a security guard, um, which, which on reflection is, is, is like the, the worst job I've ever had. You know, it was, it was sort of, you know, 14 hour shift, seven days a week for, for if you were lucky, about £1.50 an hour. Um, but, but, it, but, you know, I mean, it, it, it was interesting uh, in terms of, you know, stuff that got nicked, stuff that got broken into, that, that side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, but I mean, the, the, the IT side of stuff came a bit later. Um, although, although, again, I'm, I'm, I, I, I should have started with things. So, so winding back slightly further, as, as a kid, I wanted to be a forensic pathologist. So I always had an interest in, in you know, understanding how things had happened and why things had happened and, and, and ultimately, you know, messing around with dead bodies and, and solving crimes. Because <laughs> um, my mum grew up, uh, <laughs> sorry, my mum worked in pathology labs, so I, you know, I grew up around them. Um, so I had this, this crazy idea that I wanted to do medicine, um, mm. which, which, again, I'm, I'm a lazy man and it's a lot of study. Um, so I was I was you know working down this path to become a, a qualified sort of lab technician, and we did a little bit of computing, which which I found ridiculously easy. So then I got sidetracked into IT, and and then through my degree I got sidetracked into security because I ended up working for the, the Ministry of Defence. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so so, so bit physical, bit of bit of logical, and and basically I I, I didn't have the the the, you know, the effort to become a doctor, um, so so I went down the easy route of IT. So did you did you pursue like a so was your degree related to medicine at all or did you oh, just no, like no no so so what happened was and, and again I I mean I I struggled at school like my my memory's rubbish I'm not good at, at learning stuff by like rote and, and repetition in exams you know practically I'm I'm quite sound I can do stuff but but memorising stuff's terrible so at school I I wasn't that great so I left um I did my GCSEs dropped out halfway through my A levels um and then I went to college to do a BTEC course which which I found a lot better because you know it was about the practical work rather than the the sort of theory and, and memorizing stuff um but again that was in sort of general science lab science um, because I had this idea that I wanted to go off and do medicine um but then off the back of that I, I had to decide to go to university it's right I've you know finished my college course and like the medical route's looking iffy um but this it <laughs> stuff i really like so now i ended up going to uh, to teesside university and doing um well i started doing a btech hnd in software engineering but then i did so well at the course um again because it was based on you know sort of practical ability rather than memorization facts um i did so well on that course that they bumped me onto the proper degree so i ended up getting a, a full degree out of it and, and that was a sandwich course which meant i had to go out and work for a year and i ended up going out to work for the year you know for the mod um so yeah, so so that was how I, I you know got my way started, um, in, in sort of down the security path. Yeah, that was really early on as well. It seems that you ended up in quite a high-profile role, or at least obviously for the MOD is quite an interesting starting point for security. Did that mean you had to get had to get really good really fast, uh, or um, did you have time to learn? I mean, it was it was a wonderful environment. The MOD. I mean, I, I loved I loved my job working for the MOD. So you know, I was a research scientist. My job was was doing research. Um, and back then, it, it was you know, it was what clever ideas can you come up with? Um, you know, what what can you sort of again practically demonstrate and collaborating with? You know, some utterly amazing people. Um, so yeah, so I, so I started off, and, it, and the work back then was was more on the defensive side of things. So I was looking at um, you know sort of battlefield commanding and control stuff. Um, well, command information systems was the, the, the sort of group I landed in. Um, but we ended up looking. I mean, I ended up looking at lots of X five hundred directories, which is where you know LDAP came from originally, um, and, and sort of X four hundred mail um, that side of things. And again, sort of the defensive side of. So we were working on. Oh, I mean, I was building all sorts of like allegedly secure sort of CGI interfaces to, to X five hundred directories and. And you know, writing. Um, we had sort of um, bastion firewalls that, that sat between high and low security environments. So I, I wrote, you know, a, a sort of X five hundred protocol aware firewall that would dissect bits and pieces. And I mean, all sorts of stuff. I worked on like ESN one parsers and, and other other horrendous nightmares. Um, <laughs> but then, but then uh, again, so I was working, you know, working in, in there for, for you know a good chunk of time. Um, and again, it, it was amazing. Let's say the, the the people were brilliant. The work was fascinating. Um, but then I got wind. I was sharing a flat with a guy who did marketing for the Pentest, uh, Pentest team because again they they had 
you know, they were doing fantastic, well, information warfare, as it was called back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so very sexy. That's such a better name. Like, yeah, well, I mean, but again, everything that. comes from like, military background, right? But, it, but again, mm-hmm. so, you know, they, and, and they were doing that since the, I don't know, like the, the early 90s, I think they started. Um, and again, that's about the sort of time, I think, that, that sort of pen testing in the country, you know, started and evolved. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I, I'm going off on a tangent. So I, I got wind off my, my friend who was doing the marketing for them that they were desperate for people. Um, and I thought it was fascinating because I'd, you know, I'd, I'd known about, about hacking and the like before, but, but you know, more from a defensive side. Um, so, yeah, so I got in touch with them. I, I went along and met them, got, got to see what it was all about. They, they sort of tucked me in, sat me down, explained what they did for a living, um, gave me a copy of uh, the first edition of Hacking Exposed, which had just come out at the time, um, said, you know, you've got an interview in a week, go away and read that, come back and, you know, and have an interview. <laughs> uh, so I did. I went away and I read it cover to cover. And I, I've still got, you know, my bookshelf at home. I have that, that first copy of that book with all my notes scribbled throughout it. Um, and yeah, yeah, I went back for the interview and, and somehow, you know, got the job. And that would have been, oh, when would that be? The very end of 99, start of 2000. And, and that's when I started sort of pen testing full time. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's... that's. So what, what kind of changes um, uh, have you noticed from when you started, uh, if it was, that was around kind of early 2000s or uh, late 90s, what kind of changes have you noticed in pen testing from then to now uh, out of interest just because you've got well, that I mean, experience yeah there's i mean obviously there's there's a lot more people doing it now um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people who are a lot better than than some of us used to be uh, but mm-hmm. i don't know i mean you know there's been an explosion of technologies if you look at you know back when i started you know like, like, like there was no there was no sort of mobile apps um there was none of that side of things you know there was no no we didn't look at that sort of stuff it was you know sort of basic infrastructure testing we were doing and, and just the start of sort of web app stuff but i mean in the other thing is you know in, in terms of let's like, say the sort of training of people i mean it, it, it was weird the team that i ended up joining when i was first pen testing because i had a, a degree that was actually you know in an it subject you know we had we had all sorts of people um working that time you know like we, like we had a guy i think it was you know like, like it came from an archaeology background you know we had like, computational chemists we had all manner of um, of people that were you know really smart people, but, but like I say, not necessarily with an IT background. Um, so again, I think you know, I mean, the, in terms of the type of testing that's going on, that that's fragmented, and there's so much stuff now, and it, and it's so difficult to keep up with all of it. You know, back when I started, mm-hmm. you could kind of be a bit of a generalist in everything, whereas now, you know, there's so many fields that I know absolutely nothing about, and, and although they're interesting, I'm never going to have the time to learn because you know it's it's not my job, it's not my speciality. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, it's it's it's, it, it's completely different. Again, back you know, back when I started, there was sort of a handful of us in the country doing this sort of work, and I, I, I knew you know a good chunk of them. Whereas now, like I say, it just amazes me how, how big the industry's become, um, and, and how many people there are um, from from you know what what back then seemed so small. Yeah, it yeah, seems to have certainly exploded. It's grown exponentially in the past couple of years, certainly. I mean, it, certainly when I started in the industry, there was one or two university courses that mm. were security-themed. Yep. I, I take it when you started, Steve, there was nothing really security-themed. It was more just computational not, generalist. Cer- yeah, certainly not that I was aware of. So, I mean, as I say, so I did, you know, I did a degree in software engineering, and, and we did a lot of safety-critical stuff, but we didn't do any security, you know, at all. It, it, I mean, the only stuff on my degree that was security-related was, like, you know, my own projects, because I, I had an interest in it. Um... 
and, and, and obviously now, I mean, you know, you have people who are studying, you know, sort of pure cybersecurity, ethical hacking type degrees. I mean, I, you know, I wish I'd gone on one of them. I wish that had been around when I was when I was studying. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, again, I, oh God, I'm going to sound old, but you know, these these kids today don't know don't know how easy they've got it. <laughs> um, and I mean, you know, resources as well. You know, if you want to know about hacking, well, you you go and hang around with hackers, and you know, there there isn't the sort of wealth of learning resources and and you know stuff like hack the box and and you know immersive labs and stuff that they just wasn't back then um yeah I, th- I think it's it's a lot more structured now than it used to be um it's you know it, it has grown up as an industry i think well not- gr- grown up's a bit far i oh, would well, say it's okay. <laughs> improving especially get, with that co-host of mine but <laughs> kind of sums that up well, what, are you, what are you what are you saying i mean <laughs> i'm not saying anything Andy. <laughs> um so yeah uh, that's it sounds like you were saying about generalisation, like, uh, and that you, it was a more generalised field when you were there, obviously, because it was just kind of, I, I guess, very new. Uh, mm. Being that uh, that isn't so easy to do now, and like you say, the field is so complex, how is it best that people starting in the industry kind of navigate around that? Like, um, is it best for them to just get a general you know that that I, the general idea of what penetration testing is, and then start specialising, or should they start specialising relatively early in their career? Like, it sounds like it's quite mm. different now to what it was like when, when you started. I'm, I mean, again, yeah, it, it's you know, I mean, I, I, any advice I give, I have to give with a pinch of salt because obviously I, mm-hmm. I got into this industry a long time ago, and, and things are probably quite different now. And, and my view of how they are com- compared with how they really are might, might not, you know, quite necessarily gel. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, I, I, you know, I. I like people who are specialists, you know, I, I like people who are that, that deeply interested in a single topic that they obsess about and, and you know, focus on that thing beyond, you know, any, anything else. Um, and I think we definitely need them. But then, you know, by the same, you know, on, on the other side of the coin, I suppose, you know, we also need generalists. So, so I guess it depends what you're aiming for. You know, do you want to be that sort of low level technical guy that just works on those particular types of things and does nothing but? Or, you know, are you looking more at the management side of stuff, which, which you know, was always not not where I was interested in heading, but then as, as I get older, it's like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe doing this work's actually quite hard and I could just sit and have a little, you know, other people do it for me. Yeah. Um, so, so again, I guess I guess it depends what, you know, what, what people are aiming for. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, there, there is, as, as far as I can tell, still, you know, a wealth of work out there um, looking for people to do it. Um, and, I, I, you know, I mean, I guess, it, you know, sort of general life advice, you know, find something you're interested in and do that. You know, I've, I've chased jobs for money in the past and it's made me miserable. Now I'm, I'm lucky in that I have a role that, that I get very interesting work and, okay, I'm, you know, I'm never going to be rich off the back of it. But, but again, it, you know, what's wealth anyway, right? To my, you know, it's, it's, there's more life than money, I, I keep telling exactly. myself. Well, you, can't, you can't buy happiness. You can buy bacon. It's pretty goddamn yeah, close, well, but, like... You can rent it for a while, I understand. Um. <laughs> Amsterdam's a good place for it as well. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd just be buying more locks from my collection this day. That's, that's what all my money's going on. Buying s- small bits of brass. But that brings uh, you yeah. happiness. Yeah, speaking of Thank locks, uh, so your Twitter is quite interesting. It seems to be kind of a, a museum of uh, like physical security. Um, so to give people that have maybe not been on your Twitter, they should really jump on if they want to see a very wide uh, <laughs> array of locks that look savage uh, to try breaking into. Um, I, I, do you want to talk a little bit about your lock picking? Because I, I, I've got the name right. Is it Moon on a Stick? Uh, one of your kind of ventures? 
Yeah, yeah. So, so, and I mean, again, this, this, this winds back to, um, you know, this, this was originally a hobby. So, so years and years ago, a, 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 you know, mate mine at work um, had a set of lockpicks on his desk, and, and me being the curious chap that I am, I was like, well, you know, what are they? What are they for? And he's like, well, they're for opening locks. So, I'm like, well, that's that's interesting. How does that work? Um, and, he, and he taught me a couple of bits and pieces, and, and then I started playing with it. And, and you know, I rapidly became known as the man who can get you into your filing cabinet when you leave your keys at home. Um, <laughs> and, and it's interesting because, again, we used to um, at work we used to use a lot when we were into viewing people and stuff because because you know puzzles are i mean you know it's all a lock is it's a little puzzle right and, and a lot of you know security work is well that's all puzzle solving and lateral thinking and mm-hmm. um so you know so it's nice to have something that sort of tests those bit of your brains without you know without having to stare at a screen or a computer all the time um so yeah so i, I liked having them around um and let's say it became a little bit of a hobby of, of buying the odd tool here and there um oh hang on a minute i just need to his laptop is about to restart let me just uh, wait, <laughs> go, tell go, it to go. wait a bit um <laughs> sorry about that i distracted um so yeah so, sorry so, mine, mine was blue screening last last time so it's, it's all good yeah no, three think, times in a row before we got started <laughs> i think that, that, that's probably your choice of guest i think that's what it is i mean that that, that man breaks stuff um <laughs> So yeah, so what was I? What was I rubbing on about locks? That's it. So yeah, so let's see. It was a hobby. I, I like playing with locks. I mean, I'm I'm terrible at it. It's it's the analogy that I use is it's like martial arts. You know, I'm, I'm interested in studying and understanding how martial arts work. I don't want to get in a ring and have a big man punch me in the face. And and locks mm-hmm. is the same. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated by understanding how they work, how they're attacked. But but the um you know as I'm getting older, especially I'm getting arthritic and you know I don't have the manual dexterity I once did. Um, but yeah, but let's see. It it's now and I'm I'm, and I'm fortunate that you know we're, we're expanding the work we do as well so i do a lot more physical stuff at work uh, but my latest hobby now is, is collecting locks because i've decided you know picking them and opening them that's really difficult but but just you know like get, buying lots of them and, and starting a little collections uh, is, is not a bad way to do stuff so yeah so i've, I've been buying and I've, I've got a couple of talks suggested for conferences next year looking at various different types of locks and the, you know the designs and the, the history and the weaknesses of them so obviously to, to supplement that i need lots of locks that i can take apart and take pictures of um, mm-hmm. so yes yeah, so my twitter is often full of you know either me talking about coffee um, or because sorry again, so the, yeah, the, the conference thing we turn up, we do lock picking, and we bring we bring cold brew coffee with us, as as Moon on a Stick. Uh, was it lock picking and cold brew coffee emporium? I'm going to get my own establishment's name wrong now. Um, <laughs> You're going to get it better than me though. I mean, I well, fucked it up last time. It wouldn't be difficult, would it? And yeah, that, that's yeah. me. And what's it? Some guy called Tim. I yeah, think, um... Steve, Steve and some guy called Tim. Can't, can't, can't pronounce your Twitter handle because we fucked up because I wasn't had didn't have it in front of me. Mm. And then some guy called Tim, and then uh, we had t- Defcon Bars going. T- Tim, was... Tim is awesome. Tim, Tim has got me like like re-energized in doing lock picking stuff again because I'd, I'd kind of given up for a while, and, and then yeah, he 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 sort of nagged me into doing an event, and, and then you know off the back of that came another one and another one, and yeah, mm-hmm. no. We, we now travel all over the place um, and, and yeah again like I said it's you know stupidly busy year this year and next year is looking equally you know as many events if not more um, so if people are interested you know if they, if they want me and, and some guy called Tim to turn up and, and maybe do some lock <laughs> um yeah yeah get, get me on Twitter or, or you know somehow um, and, and if the diary's free then there's a good chance we, we may well turn up yeah, and uh, the, we were, uh, when we were at G3C, you were obviously in the same room as us just before we went on, and yeah, it was so packed out that they that actually had to get people to come in and say, some of you need to leave. Like, So it really says mm. a lot about their level of interest, I think, in lockpicking. Like, uh, oh yeah, I, I mean, it's always popular. Yeah, it's good fun. yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, just to give people an idea of what the room looks like, it's literally just uh, like... Just locks and pick locks strewn across uh, every single table, and a lot of frustrating-looking people. <laughs> just generally across, but 
more more bodies than we should have had in the room due to fire regulations. But but yes. nobody nobody wah, wah. told me that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> ah, well. Yeah. But it was, was no, I mean, it was a good it was a good event. It was um yeah. Yeah, nice to be popular. It's always um yeah, always good to have, you know, people there who actually want to learn stuff. Cuz yeah, that's half the battle, isn't it? It's, you know, we we can teach people things, but but if they don't want to learn, um that's never going to work. So, have you got any fun stories about some of your time doing physical pen testing without any specifics? So, obviously, you don't get fired or worse. Um, uh, have you got any any particular moments from your career that stand out? Either shocking ones, exciting ones, anything like that, Steve? Um, oh no, there's there's a has anything funny ever happened whilst being out at work that I can talk about? Um, <laughs> that, that isn't going to get me in trouble with the individuals or organisations involved. I mean, it, it's it's interesting work. I mean, the 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 thing we do so, we do we do uh, we've been rebranded by the offensive security teams. You know, we we do we come from penetration testing background. We do more of the physical stuff now. But we're also, I mean, the, the interesting bit that I'm getting into recently is um, as well as a sort of you know sneaky covert, um, you know, running around uh, in the dark do, doing all the fun breaking stuff. A lot of which I I absolutely can't talk about um, yeah, because I, I will end up will end up out of work. But but the stuff we're doing now, which is I, I think it's actually almost even more interesting, is is we're doing a lot of um of sort of overt physical auditory. So you know, going around looking at our estate, which is great because it, it's effectively it's like doing urban exploration, but 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 you know. With, with no risk of getting in trouble, um, so I'm seeing a sort of historical side of things, um, which which is, um, is is frankly fascinating. And again, I'm I'm hopeful that I can get some permission to to use some of the photos I've been taking, because um, again, you know, some some sort of bits of, of telephone exchanges you don't see. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but but I mean again it's it's you know because obviously we were as an organisation you know the, the the people I work for have been around for a while so so there is some um, you know some some interesting old stuff. Um, I mean, again, the, the the physical side of things. I mean, I suppose, I suppose you know, funny stuff happens in training, and and that's where you want funny stuff to happen because you 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 really learn from it. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, things things like accidentally setting off, um, you know, in in um, uh, the alarms in 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 telephone shops, you know, when when you're trying to to surreptitiously follow somebody about without them realising it, um, is always good. You know, losing people on public transport and and trying to to you know maintain that sort of stuff. Um, near, near misses when when you know. Th- things that you, you look back and, and, and yeah, I mean, again, you know, we, we spend a lot of time training for all the, all sorts of eventualities. Um, but like I say, it's, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's difficult to talk about due to the nature of the customers involved and the work involved. I think um, that in itself makes it interesting. I don't want to push that any further because, uh, yeah, I'd imagine it must be really difficult to be able to decide mm, what you're we, able we to haven't... talk about. Like. I suppose what we haven't actually covered, um, which Dave and I know what you do, but what is it you actually do, Steve? We haven't actually talked about that at all. As as little as I can possibly get away with. Um, <laughs> so yeah, well, okay. So actually, so actually okay, let's, let's let's wind back and go, go back to the the Steve waffles on about history. Nobody's interested in for a bit more. So so I you know I left university, went to work for the MOD. Um, at a little place called what was the Defence Evaluation Research Agency, that got privatised into a well, it got split. So it, you know, it was owned by the MOD. It got split into uh, what remained the MOD, which was uh, DSTL, the Defence Science and Technology Laboratories, and a commercial organisation called Kinetic, spelt with Q's at the end. So you know, Kinetic, qua Quinty Q. Yeah, and and again, I, I you know I worked there for a bit. Um, the pen testing stuff was all you know was all good fun. Uh, we ended up because my my boss at the time worked out that you know sort of um, there, there was more money doing it commercially than there was for the MOD because you know if you're working for banks and the like, they, they don't tend to be short of a quid or two. Um, so we ended up you know doing commercial pen testing, 
And I did that for a few years. And at the beginning, people were like, oh, you know, you'll get sick of this. And I was like, no, I won't. It's amazing what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, you know, after a few years, you know, my, my life's changed. I've, you know, I've got a house, I've, I've got a partner, I've got a dog, you know, want to spend time, um, you know, not, not living on the road so much. Um, so I sidetracked them because I'd always been involved with the incident response team. So they'd, they'd set up an incident response team long ago that was a, it was sort of, sort of joint collaboration between um, pen test team, forensics team, and the, uh, the SOC analysts, because, you know, they figured um, you know, forensics guys know how to sort of maintain evidence. Pen testers obviously know about breaking into things, and, and the SOC guys know about, you know, locking up evidence of, of you know, stuff going on. Um, so I'd also always been involved in, in that side of things. So I got quite friendly with the forensics guys. So, so when I decided that, you know, I've, I've had enough of pen testing, I want to do something different. Um, I sort of sidestepped into to forensics for a few years. So again, that was, I mean, that was morally very rewarding, um, but, but, but sort of, you know, deeply unpleasant, um, work, um, in, you know, in, in, incredibly stressful, um, you know, quite quite high pressure, mm-hmm. um, because again, you know, the, the nature of stuff. So, so I mean, you know, we had all sorts of cases from, you know, you start off with, with you know, sort of frauds and, and people trafficking and the odd murder and, and you know, these sorts of things. But then, you know, there is there is more and more, uh, you know, unpleasant material you're looking at. Even of a, darker a, a sides. Of, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sexually exploitative, uh, you know, of minors type, you know, that 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 sort of material. Um, and again, let's say it was um, it. it it was a bit of a shift and a bit of a change in, in the ways of working, but it, it was again very, you know, morally very rewarding. And in fact, mm-hmm. one of the, the best training courses I ever did. If if you want, uh, so I was trained as an expert witness. Let's say if if you want, um, if if you want to have a good laugh, go and do a day's worth of, of expert witness training. Because basically, you know, they teach you about the court, about how the court works, and and then they have you role play a session like with a barrister cross examining you. And I mean, I I like an argument, but my God, she tore me to pieces. It was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Um, but let's like say, you know, I, I would definitely definitely recommend it it's a it's a fascinating thing to do um so yeah so i so i ended up you know sidetracked into um into forensics um, and i did that for a few years and again i i wasn't necessarily massively happy with the the organization i was working for um, and some friends of mine were setting up their own thing so so they offered me a job um and initially they, they were like they couldn't afford me couldn't afford me but after a year or two they were at a point where they could they could afford to employ me um and the, the ideal was that you know i joined them so they were a little consultancy that, that did pen testing the deal was you know i joined them to set up uh, forensic and instant response capability um mm-hmm. but i'd do a little bit of pen testing just to cover my, my salary and you know we'd grow grow that offering um and that was electric cat um and and of course what happened was i ended up joining them and i just did pen testing and there was never really any money to get the forensic side of things set up but it was all right because it was you know we were having a good laugh it was it was it was again relatively interesting work um and, and that was all fine and dandy until the day i turned up at their offices to find they'd gone bankrupt oh, man. um which was uh, yeah not 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 an ideal situation so you know i'd gone from working from a massive huge bureaucratic organization that, that had its issues because of the bureaucracy um but but was you know fairly safe and unlikely to go bust at a moment's notice and then i jumped into this tiny little consultancy which was brilliant because it was very agile and you know we could do stuff at the drop of a hat um but but then as it turns out when you're reliant on a single contract to pay for everything and that contract goes from many days of you know, a, a month to do like nothing. Uh, it's really hard to keep a business running. Um, so then, you know, and again, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky, you know, back then um, I, I I did sign on for the Dole for a little bit, but the, the day that the company I worked for went bankrupt, you know, I had like seven or eight job offers um, because again, there's, you know, there's that much demand for, for sort of Czech team leaders with, with you know, my sort of experience. Mm. Um, 
and as it was, I, I decided that you know I'm, I'm going to um, you know my, my, my had friends at BT, you know I knew people at BT, I, I, I liked what they were doing, um, so I decided right I'm going to you know I'm, I'm going to get out of the sort of commercial pen test industry and I'm going to go work for a vendor internally, just doing you know vendor security stuff, um, which was how I, I came to be at um, a large British telecommunications provider. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was funny because I I mean and again I realised you know I'm somewhat blessed you know so I did it took them a month to get me signed on get me through HR which you know is is is, is fine so I went. And signed on the dole for a month so i had this you know this meeting at the dole office um and they were saying you know well are you, are you actively looking for work and it's like well no not really i've you know i've found a job i just can't start for a month it's it's going to take this time but you know i, I can yes all right I'm, lo- I'm actively looking for a job that i can do in the month in the meantime um <laughs> and, and she said you know and i said oh it's you know the day after the company i worked for went bust you know i had, I had several job offers and she and she's like what what do you do and it's oh just you know computer stuff and she's like, yeah, yeah you're very you're very lucky and it's like yes yes i am um and again, you know, I mean, it's, again, it's, it's, it's why I find it difficult when people, you know, there's people who are like, oh, I'm trying to plan my career and what should I do and what should I do? Because like, none of this has been planned. This is all, this is all just stuff that kind of happened to me you know, along the way, right? Um, again, it's just, know, just people, winging it winging yeah, it from oh, no, day one. Absolutely. You know, and it's people you meet that then somehow weirdly years later you end up working for and then weirdly years after that you end up working with them. And then, um, but yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, started off at BT doing internal stuff. Uh, we, we now do, I say, all manner of, of sort of offensive security work um you know pen testing red teaming physical stuff um yeah yeah it, it is an an amazing team i mean it's nice i was just um earlier today i was watching uh Sombil shah did a talk at um oh i think he did it at both at 44 con i think he also did it at um Oh, hack the box Amsterdam. Maybe I noticed a couple of different versions. But he's talking about like the you know the, the uh, challenge for, for CISOs, and I, I must admit I need to go back and watch it fully because I was I was sort of skipping through it. Um, but there's a nice bit there because he talks about SnoopCon and he talks about you know how how um, you know BT have actually done a, a good thing of building this technical team where you know people kind of want to come and because of the nature of the work they kind of you know get, get enthused about it and want to stay. Uh, I mean you know there's nobody at BT that probably couldn't leave and, and you know vastly increase their salaries. But but mm-hmm. again you know money money's not everything. We're not we're not just there to be rich right yeah um but yeah no so it's let's say yeah it, it's interesting working and i mean the, the thing that attracted me about them as an employer initially was it had that sort of old civil service mentality it, it didn't seem to be sort of as commercial as, as some of the other bits you know of, of, of organizations i was looking at were um and again, I mean, it's, you know, obviously I've, I've been there for a, a number of years now and, and things change and, 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 you know, management structures come and go and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but let's say we still, I think, you know, we, we do some amazing work. We've got some amazing people. Um, yeah, yeah, and I'd say it's, uh, it, it is an interesting place to work. And, and we do. I mean, again, there's, you know, okay, it's not, not quite like when I was working for the MOD and, you know, we had like a weapons sector and a space sector and, and you know, people <laughs> building bombs and, and firing rockets into space and stuff. I, I don't think BT has a weapons sector, or at least not one I've found yet. Um, but like I say, there is, you know, there's a wealth of interesting work going on and, and yeah, it, it's an interesting organisation. Definitely sounds it. Definitely sounds like, well, if there is a space sector or a, a weapon sector at BT, they're doing something right about hiding it from you. <laughs> no, well, I, I did meet a guy, um, I, I met a guy recently who, who was working on, on building, like, little satellites, um, I, I think as, as part of some, you know, like, open source space satellite project thing. Um, but, but again, it's it's amazing the people you meet. Oh, definitely. I mean, this industry is full of different people with diverse backgrounds. I mean, mm. the, the one thing I was going to ask about, you were, um, you've talked about a lot of different things, but see with regards to your degree... Uh, did you find that using your computer-related degree actually helped you in regards to like the rest of the people in your team that had non-relative degrees um, when you first started out? 
No, I mean, th there's an awful lot of stuff we did on my degree that, that you know, I haven't used since. Um, and, and I kind of, in a lot of ways, I, I wish I'd never done. So, I mean, it's like we did like a lot of formal methods, you know, like the, the, the Z specification language, which I absolutely despised and have never used <laughs> since. Um, but, but again, I mean, I think, I, you know, I, I think that's like, that's like most degrees, isn't it? I mean, you're, you're going to be incredibly lucky to find a degree that, that 100% does stuff you're interested in and, and isn't setting you up for... Um, oh well I, don't, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's more specialised degrees now than there was back when I did it. Um, but I mean, I, you know, I joke that you know all my degree taught me was like don't get involved in large software engineering projects. Um, <laughs> it's it's yeah. It, I mean, yeah. Obviously, there are you know there are little bits and pieces I, I picked up along the way which have been useful. Um, but but yeah. I mean, again, if I could go back, I I don't know that I would choose it again. It, it was a it was a, you know it was a bit of a uh, so it was almost like a, a, a you know needle in a in a book of like what what course do you want to do or oh, I don't know something to do with computers software engineering that sounds good i'll do that um you know if, if, if i was doing it again i might pick something a little bit different so if you were so t taking yourself back to kind of square zero if you were to pick another career all, all over again security wasn't an option computing was an option and pathology wasn't an option what would you pick um oh no you put me on the spot there <laughs> i don't know like like farming or something being outdoors um Although, I mean, I understand, again, farming, I think, is, is far more work than I'd like, really. Um, <laughs> but being a philosopher, there you go, sitting and pontificating on things. So just uh, chatting shit all day, basically. Uh, well, that would, yeah, <laughs> I, could, I could probably do that. <laughs> no, um, but no, I mean, well, yeah, re research, let's say, yeah, stu studying stuff, I, I like, um, and, well, and, and then practi practical application thereof. I remember I, I used to have a, a, an ongoing argument with one of my colleagues about, about you know, like, the, like academic, you know, academic study with no practical application is, is essentially useless. Um, and he would argue the other way. Um, but yeah, let's say, no, I, I, I like, you know, I, I like solving things and finding ways of doing things. Um, so, so something that let me, you know, let me solve problems. Um, in whatever form they came, I think that would keep me happy. Mm -hmm. um, what would yeah. um, what would your advice be to somebody uh, that was maybe looking to kind of start in the industry? Like, uh, what, what 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 would be your plan of attack if it was you at the moment, Steve? Just with your kind of experience and your understanding of security at the moment, would you be suggesting university or certification or just doing it for fun and see if it's something you want to progress with? Like, what yeah, would your advice be? Um, I mean, again, it, it, it's hard to sort of generalise because a lot of it, it depends on the individual and what's right for them. Of course. Um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, like, like conferences. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we turn up a lot and do the, the Moon on the Stick thing, you know, regularly at, at conferences around the UK. But I've, I've been going to conferences for donkey years. You know, I, I like the and, and my thing is always, you know, if talks are being recorded, don't watch them, watch them online later. You know, go and meet people, talk to people. But because, again, ultimately, you know, the the best things that have happened to me through, throughout my career are it's, it's not you know it's not what I know it's it's who I know mm -hmm. it's the people I've met along the way so again you know I'm, I'm keen for people to get involved you know that stuff like DEFCON groups I mean obviously I you know I help them run the one down in Gloucester you, you know you guys are involved with the one up there you know let's say get, getting along you know finding other people with similar interests um, studying stuff you know working on stuff um, yeah, pu publishing it if if you know if, if that's your thing. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to say oh, everybody should be aiming to talk at conferences because again, I I don't think that's that's necessarily right for people. You know, I I, I think that, that we almost seem to have come up sometimes with a bit of a thing where it's, people are almost like oh you know I must talk at a conference, I must talk at a conference even if they haven't necessarily got anything in detail to talk about. Mm -hmm. So so again, you know, like do research, do work, find interesting stuff, find other people who are interested in it. Um, 
Um, uh, and you know, if, if if it's something that interests you, you'll you'll do it anyway out of the love of it, not not necessarily just the, the pursuit of money. Of course. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's like say find you know find find something you love and find other people that are interested in the same stuff, um, and and try and get a job doing it. So you, you don't have to work. That's some really sage <laughs> advice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Money doesn't bring you bring you happiness at all. But um, certainly for me, like. I'm, very much the case of being able to go into work every day and it's all a wee bit different like and there's mm. always something new to learn like as uh, yeah something that certainly ties yeah. me by and i'm quite excited to get up in the morning to go to work which hasn't always been the case and it's that kind of industry oh, like a, a lot it's, to learn. it's both the it's both the blessing and the curse of this job mm-hmm. it's, it's that whole like, like you know it doesn't matter. i can study 24 hours a day for the rest of my life I will not know everything so, so you know I'm never going to know it all so I can never just like stop and like right that's it I know it all now um, but like I say it, it's you know I mean I, I was chatting with um, I was I was over in um, in the Netherlands at, at LockCon recently which is, is the tool in the Netherlands sort of annual conference and I was you know I was chatting with a, a locksmith from the States out there lovely guy um, and I was saying you know sometimes you know days, days at work and a bit dull and, and you know people think all this sort of work we're doing is really exciting but you know it's like anything else there are there are dull bits as you know nobody likes documentation nobody likes writing stuff up all that sort but of I thing. I do I like reporting I'm a weirdo. What that's, that's not natural <laughs> um, I, I always worried about you <laughs> um, but yeah, but then he was saying, no, you want to you want to try dull, like you know. Imagine you've got to make like you know twenty thousand of the same key, and it's like yeah, okay, that's duller than my job. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, no, I mean let's say I, I am you know I am blessed. I, I, I honestly don't know how I ended up here. Let's say it wasn't planned at all. I've um, I think I've just been incredibly lucky, which is is why it's difficult to, to you know sort of give people advice of like oh yeah, be lucky, that'd be good. Um, but no, let's say you know get, get involved with people. It, it's it's people that have, yeah, that have helped me. You know, all I know, well, well, no, most of what I know, I know because other people have told me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's also why I, I do a lot of teaching as well um, and, and mentoring of people. And, it, you know, that's that's something else I enjoy, which I haven't bored you all to tears with yet. Uh, so let's talk about that for a bit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's say we, we run training courses to, to sort of educate people um, about the sort of stuff we do. Um, and like I say, though, it's, it, it's really nice doing that. And again, the lockpicking stuff, you know, when you can teach somebody an actual demonstrable skill, and especially when they can do it better than I can. So I know the knowledge is right, even if my, you know, cack-handed application of it doesn't work. Mm. Um, yeah, and like I say, there, there is a lot to be gained in, in teaching people stuff. Yeah, mentoring's a big one. Uh, we... Uh, and we, I suppose we should probably uh, bring up the elephant in the room in regards to Ouija cast. Uh, there was a recording done of G3C, um, and it will not <laughs> see the light of day uh, for like a couple of different reasons. Uh, you oh, were there. Actually, Did Steve. I ruin it for you? No, 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 we no. Didn't no. ruin it at all. No, no. <laughs> There's. Uh, I, I made some inappropriate jokes about some things. Um, the, the audio didn't come out as well as it could have done. Very glitchy. And a live yeah. podcast needs more planning because realistically. Although it was a good experience, um, it was kind of thrown on us at the last minute, so we had zero preparation time. And um, if you come along to watch a live podcast, fucking get involved with the live podcast. I'm like, oh, does anyone want to ask a question? Like, it's a live Q and A, and nobody asked any questions. <laughs> but it was good fun really? at the same time. Like, uh, a lot of people did come up and ask questions. There was a lot of nervous people in there as well. Um, and, and as as I say, it was really really good fun. But uh, now that that's addressed, uh, there was part of the conversation <laughs> that happened there where we were talking about mentors. Um, I actually looked up and realised I had four or five of them in the same room, uh, in the room at the time. Uh, and mentors have been a massive part. Obviously, Andy, I suppose you were the OG <laughs> of the mentors for yes. me. Just because it was initial chats from fucking years ago uh, that kind of got me into stuff. Like, And then it was obviously kind of, I was kind of chatting again and 
coming up. It was those long days, those long evenings going temp and bowing. We learned it all there. We did. We did everything we know. And uh, <laughs> certainly that's, that's a big part of so where our friendship came from. And it was all good fun. But uh, but yeah, mentors, like I, I've now got, I found myself with four or five people that I can regularly speak to um, and kind of fire off questions to. And some of them I don't even know all that well. Or they're just people I've been talking to online. But get talking to people. Like, I think that was my main advice when we were at uh, G3C is just like you've said Steve um, it's about who you know but that doesn't happen by accident you have to get out and engage in conversations with people mm. find people that know more than you and then just pick their brains till they go insane that's pretty much what I've done with that well, and, and the, great, the great thing is of course it's it's not just them it's their friends and their friends and their friends so you know again if, if you ask me something and I don't know well I bet you I know who I would ask and I bet you if they don't know again they'll know somebody else who mm-hmm. might know um but yeah, yeah, not say it's. I'm mean, get because I was, you know, when I started, I I was very sort of antisocial. You know, I, I I didn't like talking to people. It's like you know, leave me in a corner with my computers, and I'll I'll you know I'll I'll just play with them, and it'll be fine. And it was actually it was my boss when I first started pen testing. So as a as a research scientist, that was fine. You know, there was no issue with people. Yeah, oh, he just wants to spend spend his time sat you know playing with machines, making stuff work. Um, but yeah, when I um when I got the job in the pen test team, my boss then made me present to people. So you know, she made me stand up. We we built um a deliberately vulnerable web app back in. I say it would have been 2000, I think. So we used to, you know, we had little demos where you could, you know, you could demonstrate web insecurities like with you know, hidden fields and, 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 you know, all that sort of nonsense. And, and then ultimately, uh, you know, like XP command shell and take over the box and, and do some stuff against the box itself. Um, but yeah, she made me give that presentation over and over and over and over again. Um, and, and in the end, it's, you know, I, I really enjoy presenting now, but it, it was a difficult thing to learn um, and a difficult thing to... Um, because, you know, I mean, it's still nerve-wracking, right, standing up in a room full of people. Um, but again, I think, you know, I, I, I mean, it's difficult to say yes. Push push people to present when they don't want to. Um, but again, like I, say, I, I think it's a useful skill to have. Um, it's like learn learn by doing. Sometimes, I mean, I, I say this a lot to people, like, present, present at conferences. I agree with what you said earlier, that maybe if you don't have something interesting to talk about, don't do a conference talk. But realistically, it can be quite a learning opportunity as well, like... Um, putting people forward to do rookie talks about maybe they know something that they can talk about for 10 or 15 minutes yep it gives them a it will it will give them a lot of learning experiences they learn more about what they're talking about but they also learn what it's like to present to people often those who are introverted um, will go up to a conference talk and become a completely different person which mm. is sort of what sounds like happened to you being forced into well maybe not forced but being coerced into doing something that you don't necessarily want to be doing and then end up building a career off the back of it mm. Oh yeah, no, I mean, and I love those rookie tracks. Those rookie tracks are brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, uh, you know, like besides London and stuff, I always, I always try and, and mentor rookies because um, again, I think it's, it's such a good start. And, and I love that sort of lightning talk. You know, it, it's it, it's sort of quick turnover. Um, you know, there's there's been some brilliant talks um, on on those stages at those events. You know, sort of throughout the country. I realise it's not just London that does it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, definitely. But yeah, again, I mean, it, it amazes me because I've done it. Oh, what, like four, three or four times now. I've I've mentored um, at London B sides, and every time it's like the, the the presentations are so good before I even see them, and they sort of come to me and say, "Well, what do I need to do?" And it's like, "Well, no, you're 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 like you're there. It's it's you know, it's like like, like although again, my my approach to, to conference presentations, I realise is is I think is vastly different than how other people do it, because I I don't practice, I don't write a script, I don't. You know, I, I I practice it by delivering it, which means that's, first, that's the same. First couple wing of times it. you see it, it's going to be terrible. Well, no, not wing it. I mean, I, I will have thought about. It. And the trouble is, I always think about. I, I've I've always got more content than I've got time for. 
you know, I, I have, I mean, it's, it's, it's like tonight will probably be here for about another eight hours by the time I blather <laughs> on about stuff. But, you know, there's always, um, you know, for, for, for one, one talk that's now along, I've, I've probably got three or four hours worth of material I can cram in. So it's just, it just becomes like, well, which, which bit pops to mind? Um, so, so that's the other thing is, is you know, they, they, they vary quite a lot, um, even, even though they're, they're nominally the same. Although, I mean, the, like the stalking one, I've done so much now that, that that has become, you know, I've almost got a script in mind for that. Like, I know when I have to make which jokes about which bits. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, let's say, no, I, 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 yeah, let's say the rookies I've had have been amazing because I like, well, again, it's just, you know, maybe maybe I am getting old, but it's like all these talented young people making the rest of us look bad. Um well, no, sure, surely they make us look good. I mean, I, I suppose I'm still young in the industry, but I feel like I've, I've been in it for a while. And the people that you mentor end up being better than you. But mm. it, it means that whatever you've taught them seems to have made them pretty good. Yeah, what, what's so sure, it's, it's what, what will, will the people who follow them produce and the ones after them. What's your it's guys' like you've got advice? Many kids. <laughs> <laughs> what's your guys' advice for. So we've obviously talked a lot about advice for people that are getting into the industry but what's your advice for mentoring because you've both got a lot of experience on that there's a lot of people every year that goes past there's another person with a year's more experience and you maybe got some people that are starting to think you know i maybe want to mentor more what would your advice be to them if they were to get started there steve um uh, i was hoping you were gonna answer that one <laughs> I, I can go first if you want i don't mind it's, it's... Um, Oh, I well, I mean, again, get get involved, you know, do it, um, you know. The, the, again, it, it it's very rewarding. Um, I mean, not necessarily financially, but you, you know, there is there is something really nice about seeing somebody that you've worked with go, go out and deliver a bit of work that you've you know helped them with, or or, or you know encourage them with. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm yet to have anybody win win the award. I, I guess that's 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 Andy's thing. Um, <laughs> one so, one so, time, but she did so, really well. Yeah, so obviously, you know, I'm 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 not an award-winning mentor, yes, yet. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, if people want to get involved, again, again it, it's you know, if if you are prepared to take the time and effort to help somebody else be better, you know, I, I think that's that's you know, that's very admirable, and I, and I would encourage people to get involved. Um, and I mean, even if you know, you don't necessarily have to be like like, like you know, some sort of uber technical person that knows, you know, I mean, again, it, it's just like sensible advice, you know, helping somebody through the process, helping them when they're stressed. Um, yeah, yeah, no. See, I, 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 you know, it, it, again, it's it's like the teaching side of things, you know. And I'm like running workshops or conferences, you know. It's it's all, you know. I I do it because I get something out of it mm-hmm. um, that that isn't financial. Um, yeah, not say it's it's. I would encourage people, you know. Let's say it, it well it makes me happy. Hopefully, hopefully, that will will pass on to other people. Um, Pay it forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah. But, um, similar similar advice. I mean. Th- off off the bat, I would say if if you're going to start mentoring people or you want to help mentor people, start off by not being a dick or try not to be too much of a dick. So be honest with people, and if you've got the time to commit, commit the time. Um, if you can't commit the time, let people know up front. I know that I've had mentors in the past who have been fine on the offset, it's sort of the outlet even, and uh, over time have not had time and have just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. And there are other ones who are really good. And don't get me wrong that everyone has a life at the end of the day. It's not like you, you must commit all your time to mentoring, but be honest with whoever you're mentoring. And actually, um, as, as Steve says, you don't need to be uber elite about anything, but if you know a little bit about a topic that might be a bit more than somebody else knows, you can pass that knowledge on and that can plant, sow the seed of what they want to learn more about or 
um, if they're interested in doing a conference talk and you mentor them and maybe you've done conference talks in the past. Um, certainly from my experience, I, when I mentored uh, Sarah, who was my uh, rookie at London, I gave her all the advice that I wish I'd been given when I was doing conference talks. And I don't follow my own advice, and I probably should, but realistically she presented a talk that was a lot better than, than mine, most, most of mine have been in. A lot of people have seen me present. I know it's not difficult, <laughs> uh, but I, I'm quite an offensive presenter. I, I swear quite a lot. And yeah, I mean, no for those of you who are... Well, fuck you. You built a um, brand around that, Andy. Come on. <laughs> I did. I did, but I delivered my first safe... Well, I suppose Paul Ritchie was counting, but I had delivered my first semi-safe for work talk at G3C, which had, like, no fucks given. Like, two tits up, one shit, um, and a few other things. But, like, I, realistically, my brand is built off of swearing because that's how I kind of stable myself when I present mm. but not everyone everyone's mileage may vary I'm just a sweary cunt <laughs> what a note um, yeah um, I'm not sure how long we've been recording for but I get the feeling we're probably getting to probably a natural kind of wrap up time if that if that that works for you steve have you got any yeah. anything you'd like to either talk about before we go or oh, anything what? you'd like to plug what else? I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Not, not that springs immediately to mind. I mean, again, you know, like, like the, the conferences all year round. Moon, Moon on a Stick is doing things at, at conferences all year round. Uh, it's going to be, we are at B-Sides Newcastle next, which is only, that's at the weekend. So actually it's probably, this probably wouldn't have gone out by the time B-Sides Newcastle rolls around, will it? Uh, B-Sides it it Ch- might do. It might do. You never uh, okay. know. Okay, we, we will see. Um, B-Sides Cheltenham's coming up, although I think uh, just attending, I don't think they're planning on having any workshops. Uh, and then, then, of course, we're in the new year, and I think um, oh, probably B-Sides Leeds yep. is the first one in the new year. Oh, and I, I might be <laughs> I might be in um, where's DC 151? That's Leeds again, isn't it? Uh, I think, think uh, Tim is definitely going on December 4th. Um, I'm hoping to be there, but I, I need to confirm. Um, in, in terms of that, uh, well, no, I mean, again, you know, just a message. If, if anybody, you know, if, if anybody wants us to turn up and do lock picking, get in touch and let me know. Uh, if, if anybody wants to get in touch about anything, well, you know how to get hold of me. You know, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I, th- I think DMs are open. You know, f- feel free to give me a shout. Um, if there's anything I can do for anyone, um, I mean, again, I, I will, you know, make no grandiose promises, but but let's see if I can uh, if I can help people out. I'm always happy happy to try. Yeah, and that's an offer right there for people that are starting out. And yeah, Steve, honestly, man, thanks for coming on the podcast. You've been it's been a really interesting chat. Andy, have you got anything you need to say or plug or any blogs you've been doing, anything like that? Nothing interesting, but what I will say is um, we have had a bit of a break in between Ouija Cast episodes, mostly because um, we've just been. Well, both busy people, but I think like, we're going to try and do this monthly, hopefully. So have like a, a guest every month. Um, I don't know if Dave, Dave agrees with me there, or I'm just pulling pulling strings out of nowhere. No, I think that's um, good. That'd be twelve a year, and it should all be if it's as good a quality as this one and uh, the one with Neil. Then uh, yeah, I think we're all going to be lucky to hear from our guests for sure. Uh, Def- definitely. I mean, next next guest. So we've we've got a few lined up. I mean, I'd, I'd quite like to get Newbie Dog on, uh, which is uh, Stu Kennedy. Uh, I've worked with him uh, at the company I currently work for. He, he works for our company now, but he's he's kind of similar background to Steve, but not quite as uh, secretive. I'd maybe say, not that you're not your secretive Steve, but like. <laughs> So that, that, that could be quite interesting. There, there's a few other people, I think, like maybe at some point, maybe try and get FC on the podcast. He, he would be, he's got some cool stories. He, FC always makes me, makes me laugh. Um, yeah, brilliant. So, so Freaky Clown, if you're listening, uh, 
get in contact because we can we could do with you off your busy speaking schedule. Oh, I've just I've just thought of something else. Okay, yeah, <laughs> whilst, fire, fire in. Whilst whilst I'm plugging stuff, so obviously there is also uh, Defcon Gloucester. Get, get yourself down for that. But whenever it is, there's a website. We're, we're on Twitter. I'm, just because I help organise it doesn't mean I know what's going on. Uh, the other thing <laughs> is um, rehab in Cheltenham. Uh, so it's a rehab. Uh, we, we meet in a pub. Uh, it's reverse engineering, hacking, and beer. It's it's not actual rehab. Um, so that's um, I'll let Kevin Emma run that. It's it's on Meetup. They, they they meet occasionally. But again, if you're in the sort of Cheltenham area and and fancy a you know an evening of food drinking and, and talking tech, um, that that's generally good. And I, and I think that that is it in terms of events I'm involved with. I suppose uh, that the Infosec Steak Club. I don't think that's an official thing, but like at conferences, we tend to go for steak sometimes. Mm, yes. Yes, although I have been considering a, a more plant-based diet recently after watching certain documentaries, um, but oh. I'll, I'll, I'll still turn up for InfoSec steak. It, it would be rude not to. Exactly. Got, got to have some porterhouse now and again. Yeah. Thank you very much, Steve. Well, yeah, really appreciate your time. We'll be back in probably a month's time, maybe. Fuck knows. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Um, we'll be, obviously get another episode out for you. So. Excellent. Cheers, folks. Bye. Right, let's click. Let's quick stop. Bye.